This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Yes, and right now we are crossing live to Christchurch and we are speaking with Ahmed Kilani. He is an Aussie who has traveled all the way from Sydney to Christchurch as part of part of Oz Relief. He's a chaplain with Oz Relief, um, somebody who is very much trained in uh, disaster uh, chaplaincy as well. Ahmed Kilani, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Really great to have you with us. Unfortunately. Not such great circumstances, but, um, you know, I saw that you were traveling. This this only just happened a day ago where um, I saw that you had posted online. You'd said, I just can't sit back and watch what's going on and not do anything. So you got up, you packed your bags and you went to Christchurch. Yeah, I was watching, I guess, like everybody else shocked when I found out what happened. Uh, I actually work as a full-time prison chaplain and um, in jail you don't have any phones or anything. And I came out of the jail probably about four hours after the incident and everyone's telling me, have you heard what happened? Have you heard what happened? And I said, I don't know what's happened. And they said, oh, there's been a mass shooting in, um, in New Zealand and it's a mosque. And I was like, I couldn't believe it. Um, I opened my phone and, and looked and then um, basically started reading all these things and I also run a web page called Muslim Village, so I was updating a lot of stories about what's going on. Um, and then I think just on Sunday morning, um, after praying Fajr, I just said, you know what, I need to go there. I need to do more than just sitting behind the keyboard posting stories. And I do have skills in disaster recovery chaplaincy. Um, and basically within 12 hours, I was on a plane and yeah, so... That's how it happened. Now, uh, Ahmed, when you first, you talked just there a little bit about what happened when um, the news broke and, and your reaction to it. But how did you feel? How did you feel as, you know, you as somebody who is an Australian Muslim, somebody who is a father as well? How did you feel um, hearing about the events unfold last Friday? I was very shocked at the, the, the gravity of what happened. I, I just, I knew because of my work in this area for a long time that something like this could happen because I'm aware of a lot of the animosity and hatred and dehumanizing and Islamophobic rhetoric that's going on in a lot of Western countries and specifically in Australia that this would eventually fuel an, you know, an incident like this. So sadly, I would say I was I was shocked at the number of people and how they were killed, but not shocked that it happened. Unfortunately, um, and and that's really a sad reflection of our times, where I think the amount of hatred and and uh, rhetoric and Islamophobic and dehumanising of Muslims on a global scale by right wing politicians, by media outlets and from media outlets, um, can allow people to just slaughter human beings as if they're like you know shooting shooting animals, really. I mean, that's, that's, that's really, this person has no sense of humanity for anybody that did this. It's just... It's shocking. It really is shocking. I mean, sometimes you, you we struggle for words, really. Um, I know uh, one response that has gone viral since um, has been from Waleed Ali, 
um, who is, uh, for those here in the UAE who don't know him, he's um, a high-profile presenter as well. Um, did you feel that that was a, a response that we were all feeling? Oh, the sentiments Walid expressed are exactly how I felt. Um, that uh, it's, it's a really deep frustration because the Muslim communities in the West have been victimised and made to be held responsible personally almost for, for things that's happening you know, up from an element of their faith, which is 0.01%, uh, you know, 14,000 kilometres on the other side of the world. Why am I responsible for that as a person? Why mm. is my faith being questioned? You know, when, when someone does these acts, that are acts, you know, of an extremist, he's Muslim or Christian or whatever it is, they want to call themselves, they own ownership of those things themselves. They're the evil person doing the acts. It doesn't represent a faith. Like, this doesn't represent Christianity. It doesn't represent white people. It doesn't represent New Zealand. It represents the evil actions of one man. And we need to start doing that as well with all these Muslim terrorists. It does not represent Islam. And, and, uh, and what we been hearing, you know, since September 11, is that when these things happen from a Muslim, oh, it must be something to do with Islam. And then from that, the argument would be, well, then we have to be careful of all Muslims. And this falsehood has to stop. And this, this you know, sensationalist and exploitation by politicians and media has to stop. Otherwise, we'll end up having more of some tragic events that we just saw. Uh, that's pretty, um, Ahmad, first of all, I'd like to say that what you're doing is very admirable and we would love to know what who some of the people you met are and what are some of their stories that they've told you yes today actually i was very privileged to be able to go into the hospital to visit some of the victims and i've visited people in hospital before i'm sure all of us have but it just dawned on me that every single person i'm meeting whether i was meeting today was actually suffering from multiple bullet wounds which is not something that you're usually accustomed to seeing in a, in a, mm. you know, in a public hospital, maybe in a military hospital. And, and but some of the stories that we saw from these people, these people are not just victims, they're actually heroes themselves. They, they saved others. They, um, you know, and they were so happy to see us despite their wounds, despite their pains. But what, one story that really, really stuck out to me was, was a Syrian refugee that had only moved to New Zealand with his family six months ago to escape a war-torn country and he said he never ever imagined that he would experience a war like uh, shooting in, in, in New Zealand uh, and he, he was so sad hearing his story of his, his friends and his son that picked him up to take him to pray Juma and, and they both died in the shooting and in fact died because they jumped on top of him to protect him and, and he was just heartbroken this man like uh, and so many stories of people saying, "What well, you know? How come I lived? I'm just so lucky to live." People around me died because just randomly shooting into a mosque. People are just sitting down in a mosque, as everybody knows. And for someone to go in, or you know, some are reporting up to like 20 minutes of shooting. Um, the victims are very traumatized, um, but they're also very thankful that they're still alive. They're very thankful for the support that they've been given um, by the New Zealand community and the, and the Muslim community and the Muslims from all around the world. Ahmed, talk to us about the, the reaction um, to the Muslim community in Christchurch that we have started to see. There's been a lot of goodwill, not just from New Zealand, but from all over the world that has been coming through. 
talk to us a bit about what you've been seeing there. Yeah, the New Zealand government and their prime minister congratulated for it's it's so sincere and heartfelt support. They've they've given a social worker to every single family. They're paying for all the funerals. They, you know, and just the, you can feel the genuine love and compassion from the people, the emergency workers, the police, the nurses. Um, and not only that, today, um, you know, after being in the hospital, we decided to go and have a bit of something to eat in the afternoon. Went down to the city and people were just coming up, shaking our hands, hugging us, um, beeping the horns, giving us a thumbs up, saying, I'm so sorry for what happened. It's just this beautiful, beautiful interaction. And I believe that so much good will come out of this evil act, I think, in the long term. This is going to bring people of goodwill together, regardless of their race or their religion. And, and um, it's just the response has been amazing. New Zealand is a beautiful country, but because of the beautiful people that, that are in it, that's an absolutely wonderful um, response from the community. But as a global, on a global scale, what are the lessons that we can learn from this tragedy? I think really the, the, the rhetoric and language that a lot of people have now been accustomed to, to it's almost become the norm, uh, the, the level of dehumanizing, the level of uh, anger, the level of accusations thrown against really a face in Islam that's practiced by a quarter of all humanity, mm-hmm. um, that has to stop from politicians, from the media, that, you know, that we need more responsibility of our words. We can't just live in a vacuum where we, we say these horrible things and expect that there won't be a reaction. Of course, there'll be a reaction from aquatic people that will use this to exploit their own hatred. But the lesson should be learned that we should not accept any words of hatred against others regardless of faith or religion. I don't want to see an Islamic sheikh getting up and saying disgusting, horrible things against other human beings as I wouldn't see you know, a politician saying, let's ban all Muslims and get out of the country. And this is now said by politicians in, you know, one sitting in the White House banning Muslims from coming to America, by, by politicians in Europe, by politicians in Australia. Um, it's, it's, we've moved so far to the right with this stuff that it's, we looked five, six years ago, we wouldn't have tolerated any of this, but it's now become normalised, and that's a quite a sad reflection upon humanity. And if we don't put a stop to it, um, it's going to be tragic for all of us. You're absolutely right, Ahmed. Uh, truer words have not been spoken because, you know, it's interesting watching, you know, the endless coverage that we've seen and, and people tweeting about it and posting about it. A lot of people saying, you know, this would never happen in a place like Christchurch. And, and um, you know, it's a beautiful, peaceful place. But the, the problem is, and I think we have to once and for all kind of recognize this, is that whatever we say it hasn't been a, a, a ever a more globalized world than what where we live right now what we say on social media everything spells, spreads like wildfire and it you know whatever you put out whether it's good whether it's bad it's going to have an impact it doesn't matter where you are in the world anymore when none of us are isolated or separate from this are we no and that's i think the world with social media and the internet, it has some amazing capabilities and some amazing things to change people's lives, but it also can be extremely dangerous if used in the wrong way. Um, people don't know what's fake news from real news. People live in, you know, they're only shown things they search on, so they end up living in these little echo chambers of hearing their own views reflected back upon them. 
And that's all extremely dangerous because what it does, it, it gives people a false reality of what the world is. But what I'd like to say is that I think what we're allowing ourselves as human beings is almost like we've created our own prison and we're allowing the fringes of our society to dictate to the rest of us how we should live and how we should interact with each other and we need to put a stop to that. And the only way we can do that is it's the vast majority of people of the world who are good, decent human beings that don't want to harm anyone. We need to take a stance and call out immediately any hatred and any anger and the language and put a stop to it ourselves. And that's the only way we can do this because unfortunately our, our leaders, you know, and I use the word very loosely, leaders, have shown that they're not fit and capable of doing it themselves. So we ourselves can be the leaders in this area. We don't need politicians to, to change our world. We'll change our world ourselves by how we act as an individual and each of us taking responsibility for that. You're so right. It all starts with us. Ahmed Kilani. thank you so much for joining us and sharing your experience and, and sharing the stories of those victims, of the survivors as well. And we're going to be following this and, and following your journey as well and hoping for the best for them, praying for the best for them. But as well, like you said, it is up to every single one of us. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. More to come on Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.